0: Welcome to the Gathering at Adel. Today's message is brought to you by one of our elders, Mike Wiley. He'll be looking at the first 12 verses of Matthew chapter 5, called the Beatitudes. It is so good to be here. Uh, Pastor Jeff, I thank you for that introduction that you uh, honored me with. You know, I might say it's been, I don't know, a month and a half or two since I've preached. Uh, So... There may be a little prayer involved in your sickness. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not sure, but <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I'm just messing with you. God bless you. It's so good to be here, mothers. God bless you. You know, I read one time, and this is so true. Uh, this this little little sentence I read, and it said, the closest thing to God's love is a mother's love. So, mothers, we do. Is Jeff is Jeff prayed a blessing over you. We do honor you today, and we thank you for being that faithful woman of God that Proverbs 31 talks about. So, God bless you on this day. All right. Well, when uh, uh, Jeff texted me uh, yesterday and asked me about bringing the message, I realized that the message was on Uh, Matthew you know we're doing our readings at Matthew and it's on verses 1 through 12. Well some of you may remember this I preached back here back I think it was January the 2nd and that was my that was the area that I was preaching on so can I tell you that uh if you wrote if you wrote some notes, your bullet points are going to be the same. The message is going to change, but the bullet points will be about the same. So this is not a cop out. I just really felt led to go back and look back over those notes, and I thought they would just really um, add to what we're looking at as we're going through these readings. So if you would turn in your Bibles to the Book of Matthew. Oh, and I might say that your, your uh, assignment, and I hate you use the word assignment, but next week's readings will be Matthew 5, verses 12 through 30. So if you want to be reading that next week, uh, that'll be great, Matthew 5, verses 12 through 30. So let's begin there in Matthew 5, verses 1 through 16. Now, let me say this from, from chapters Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7 this is known as the Sermon on the Mount so let's just kind of get that out of the way this this area of scripture is known as is the Sermon on the Mount and the first 12 verses is known as the Beatitudes and we'll get into that in just a minute so let's begin there in chapter 5 verse 1 I'm reading from the New American Standard Version so you just follow along in whatever version that you're reading from Scripture begins this, And when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, verse 2. And opening his mouth, he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is a kingdom of heaven, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, verse 10. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men cast insults at you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Verse 12, rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And may God be praised in the reading of his word. Now, we're going to cheat a little bit at the end of this message and we're going to kind of spill over into verses uh, 13 through 16. But uh, we're going to really concentrate on on the first 12 verses now as i mentioned this is the sermon on the mount verses uh chapters 5 through 7 and this really this sermon that jesus is giving that is this teaching it's not a presentation of salvation it's not a message on salvation but it's the way of righteous living of a believer so, this is what you and I are supposed to be living like. So, it's, so. let me just say this. I, my, my message is to the believers this morning. Now, if you're a non-believer, please listen to the words, and I, we just pray that the Holy Spirit will, will touch your heart. But believers, I want you to really pay attention because Jesus has directed this message. This is not a message of salvation. This is a message of kingdom life, of righteous living, Uh. In verses 3 to 12, you know, we look at this called the Beatitudes. That word, Beatitude, in Latin means blessed. Now, the adjective form of this word means this, consecrated, sacred, holy, sanctified. And what it does, it it describes the inner condition of a follower of Christ with the promise of future blessings. So, as, as we look at this, he, the Lord's going to make a statement, blessed, in, 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 in your uh, Bibles, if you've got a study Bible, it may use the word blessed, happy, oh, or, or oh, how very happy are, but it's a holy term, it's a sacred term. It's set aside for who you and I are supposed to be in the Lord Jesus Christ, and after he gives that statement, then he gives a blessing. That's why it's called the The Beatitudes. The blessings, if you will. It has been said Beatitudes are the attitudes we ought to be. I didn't make that up. I read that and I had to write it down. I thought it was so good. Beatitudes are the attitudes that we ought to be. So, in verses 3 through 11, we're going to have nine ways, nine attitudes, nine characteristics. If you will, of what it means to live righteously, and I want you to really pay attention, uh, Christian, because we're we're living in a day and age where we're being told that right is wrong, wrong is right. What we're reading now is God's blueprint blueprint for how you and I must live in this life, a righteous life. You know, the Bible tells us to, and we're gonna we're gonna, Jesus. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but Jesus says to hunger and thirst for righteousness. We are the righteousness of God, amen? That's who we are. If you look at 1 John 1, 9, Mary Ann, Mary Ann, that's her, that's her favorite verse, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins, what? And cleanse us from what? From all unrighteousness. The world is unrighteous in its dealings. With just about every well no with everything but we are to be the righteousness of god that's who you and i are supposed to be and that's what the beatitudes are all about so let's get right into this uh kingdom life that you and i are supposed to be living so if if we go back and look at verse 3 that's where these uh beatitudes uh, begin so look at what verse 3 said blessed if you will oh how very happy blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven so what's the first characteristic don't be prideful don't be prideful we're to be poor in spirit and poor in spirit is the opposite of proud right there's a there's an old saying that i use and if you know me you've heard me say it before those of you who think you're perfect are particularly irritating to those of us who are That in itself is pride. I'm right and you're wrong. My opinion matters. Your opinion doesn't matter. That's what pride is all about. Proverbs 8.13 says this, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. God hates those things. Proverbs 11.2 says this, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. And I like this next one from Proverbs. This is probably one of my favorites. Proverbs 16, 5. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Scripture is very, very uh, specific, and God is specific as as the Holy Spirit has given this word to us. He says that God himself detests pride he detests the pride of life we are people of pride amen when you walk out of here do you say man the music stunk man the preaching was no good man I can't believe the preacher said that you know what you're saying that pride's coming in I don't like that kind of music I don't like that kind of preaching I don't like this. I don't like that. We as believers are supposed to be people who don't have that pride of life. And let me tell you, if some of you come out of here and you say, you know, I just don't like that kind of, and the music was, as always, was fantastic. I'm more of the hymn people, you know. Well, good for you. God loves hymns. God loves praise and worship. God loves it all, and so should you. If it's lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ then why are we not getting involved no I just don't like it that way I didn't grow up with that kind of music well I didn't either in some areas but it's all to glorify the Father so pride C.S. Lewis that great apologist C.S. Lewis said this pride is a spiritual cancer it eats up the very possibility of love of contentment even common sense isn't that true yeah god hates pride and if god hates pride we should hate pride and if we if you know prideful people in in your life or if you're one of those prideful people you need to soak that in prayer and god needs to have a change of attitude in you or in me okay what's the second thing second thing uh attitude and characteristic we find in verse four verse four jesus said blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted this is what this said to me grow and grow through your pain go and grow through your pain why because you will be comforted God wastes nothing, amen? He doesn't waste pain. He doesn't waste anything. So, listen to me now. If maybe you've been involved in a divorce, if there's been physical abuse uh, in, in any form, uh, maybe you're dealing with cancer right now. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you got a terminal diagnosis. Maybe you're dealing with death. God says, blessed are those who mourn. Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says, there is a time to weep and a time to laugh. I can tell you, I'm 73 years old. We've been through a lot of pain in our life, just like some of you have. And you've heard my story. I'm going I'm to touch it and then I'm going to go. But 2012 was a horrible year for us, horrible year. We lost our daughter in August. In December of the same year, the church that used to sit here burned to the ground. So we lost the most precious thing in our life. Four months later, we lost the heart and soul of, of our ministry. Not didn't lose it, but, but the building burned. Burned and you know I I reflect back on that and I look at that and the one scripture verse that kept coming back to my heart through all this time was Job 13:15, yea though he slay me yes yea will I trust him. What what was God telling us to do? You know Candy and I could have now I'll tell you when things like that happen your reality does change. Your reality is not the same. It does change. But God is telling us I'm right there with you in the midst of the storm in Hebrews 13 5 he says I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you and so because God doesn't waste anything he told candy and I basically to go and grow in him because he was with us and I'm telling you that that's why Jesus said blessed are those who mourn because God is there with you through that morning he didn't promise us that we'd be immune to storms he didn't he didn't promise us that we wouldn't be immune to some of the hardest things in life what he said was this life is hard and i will be with you we could have gone home and pulled a cover over our heads and said just let the world go away we could have divorced a lot of families a lot of husbands and wives don't make it through the death of a of a, of a child but our hope, our faith, and our trust is not in the outward circumstances, it's in the living God. And so we're given hope in here when he says, you know, if you're mourning, you will be comforted, and we were and we were and are and still being comforted so very, very much. So we grow and we go. Second Corinthians one verses three and four. I want you to turn there if you would very quickly. 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians, my bad. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Paul is talking about God's goodness here, and this is what he said. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. He wastes nothing. Guess who my wife and I are able to minister to? Very effectively, people who have lost children. There's identification there. I can, I can minister very, uh, very easily to ministers who are going through problems and trials. Why? Because we've walked through that pain. All right? So let me just say this We mourn, but God says we shall be comforted. So we continue. That's a word of hope. That's a word of encouragement for you this morning. We will continue. Well, I spent too long on that. I apologize for that. Okay, what's the third attribute? Verse 5, verse 5. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, your Bible may say meek. Blessed are the gentle or blessed be the meek. So, what's the Bible telling the Christians to do here? Be gentle and be meek. The word meek doesn't mean uh, weakness. So, don't think that the Lord's talking about being weak. It means gentleness or a refusal to take control by brute force or manipulation. Kind of kind of uh, gets real close to pride, doesn't it? It's exactly the opposite of how the world works. Exactly the opposite. Be gentle, be meek. No, the world's telling us what? Be forceful, go for You know, you're to be what you want to be. The worst song that was ever written by, by man, in my opinion, was I did it my way. I hate that song. I really hate that song. And I've always hated that song. It's not that I hate Frank Sinatra or Paul Anka who wrote it. I don't hate those guys. I hate the words to the song. It's not my way. It's God's way. I did it God's way. <clears throat> that's being gentle. <coughs> Pardon me, that's being me. First Peter 3 and 4 says this. <clears throat> Honey, would you give me, would you bring some water, please? 1 Peter 3 4 says, But let it be the hidden person of the heart. Thank you. I think my comment about Jeff is coming back to haunt me. (laughs) Thank you, babe. But let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. Isn't that beautiful? but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God. Can I tell you that in our culture, in our society today, we need people with gentle spirits, with understanding hearts. We need a meekness not this in-your-face. Have you noticed all of these groups that are popping up, and they're on both sides, folks? <laughs> we got groups on both sides. Their rhetoric is one of hate. Their 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 one is 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 a pushy. You know, this is what in in. in I, I, let me say this, <clears throat> Christian. Be very careful in your approach and how you deal with others and deal with these things that are coming down the pike. Because I'll tell you something. Sometimes the Christian people can be just as brutal as those that don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, especially on things we don't like. I mean, who likes what's going on in America today? Who likes the the government that we're under? Who likes all that? Nobody likes it, but we're not called to be, we're called to be radical for Jesus Christ, not radical in our judgment against others. You know what the best thing we can do for them? Quit griping and complaining and moaning and groaning. Start praying. Prayer moves mountains, and prayer can change this nation. Not our... Uh, sometimes I get embarrassed when I, when I look at Facebook and I see the comments from some of the Christians that are out there. They, they say they're Christians. They're just as bad as the ones that aren't. All right, let's go on. What's the fourth, uh, what's the fourth attribute or characteristics in Verse 6. Blessed, how very happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I love this one. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's pretty self-explanatory. You know what that means? That means be intentional about it hunger and thirst for righteousness it's something that we as believers must thirst for we must hunger for we must go after it why because there is so much unrighteousness in the world today that we are to be to be the people who the world looks at and whether they agree or not look and say you know those are righteous people they they actually do what they what what they say they believe proverbs 20 21 3 says this To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Oh, I've given up so much for the Lord. Oh, you just know what I've given up for the Lord. I've done this and I've done that. You know what God is saying? That's not what I'm asking of you. I, I don't want your sacrifice. I want justice and righteousness in your life that's what i desire should we sacrifice absolutely but let's not think more highly of ourselves when we do that second timothy three sixteen says all scripture is given of god it's profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instructions and in righteousness all scripture you need to be in this book you need to be in the word of god that's how we that's how we hunger and thirst for righteousness. Do you ever do you ever have a problem in in go to your Bible and just ask God just to direct you and point you and, and, and help? I, I pray that you do, because we we get our righteousness, we get our teaching from this holy Word of God. Do you realize that this Word is inspired? The men that wrote it were inspired by the holy spirit of the living god the third person of the Trinity this is not man's writing this is God's writing through the Holy Spirit it's our instruction book and we should know it well enough not to have to depend on a preacher or a teacher to tell us what's in here scripture says that you are actually to be so much in the word that if I come up and say some Crazy thing, you're to go, ah, that's not biblical. That's not right. That's not scriptural. But you can't do that if you don't know the word. Okay. So, number five, verse seven. Verse seven says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Well, this one's pretty easy, too. Be merciful. The characteristic, the attribute of a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is what? They are merciful or compassionate or forgiving. That's a tough one there. Or forgiving. Mercy is forgiveness. Do you know that? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on his name should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the mercy of God. Be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. I, my wife and I always joke, I've always said about her, we have different giftings. I, have the, I do have the gift of mercy. I'm a very, you can ask her, I'm a very merciful person she's not <laughs> she has the gift of knowledge the gift of knowledge is a gift of right and wrong black and white i cannot tell you how many times that we went home from this church after a service we went home and she says honey that's just not right i just don't think what they that's not in the bible how can you and i'm going god gee, it's okay honey it's okay it's fine no no it's not the bible says honey i know what the bible says and so we had this, this thing going on because I'm the peacemaker, I'm the merciful one, and she's in there saying, kill them all, let God sort them out. <laughs> yeah, and I see some of you in and go, yeah, that's my kind of woman. <laughs> no. But her gifting is just as godly as my gifting. She helped me many times because I'm the kind of guy, I just, you know, let's just let God take care of that. No, you need to take care of that. Oh, I see several, several people looking at each other. So I see that you have that same wonderful gifting in your households. Yeah. Be merciful. Be compassionate. Let's turn to Matthew 6 verses 14, 15. So, just turn over a couple of pages from where you are right now. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. If you forgive men for their transgressions, pardon me, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But... If you do not forgive men, then your Father will not forgive your transmissions. If you don't have that underlined in your Bible and highlighted and asterisked by it, you need to do that. We forget this verse. Well, I forgive them, but I'll never forget. That's not forgiving. We're to show mercy. We're to be merciful. We're to be merciful. Compassionate, and that 's just not you know the Bible tells us that it really doesn 't count if you give giftings and everything to those you love they say, it says even even the ungodly do that we 're to be merciful to all people, to all people. Jeff needs to pastor Jeff needs to learn that don 't smack the kid if they 're walking around with a cake ball, okay. <laughs> Talk to them gently, be merciful, and then take it, whether they're screaming or not, then take that package away from them. Sorry, Jeff, I didn't mean to, didn't mean to, to when I was your age, I just said the same thing. <laughs> I'm older now. <laughs> I'm not any wiser, I'm just older. All right, what's the sixth attribute, the sixth thing, the sixth characteristics of what you and I should be in the Lord Jesus Christ is, is living Uh, as as his children verse eight blessed are the pure in heart why what's the promise they'll see God they shall see God pure in heart I want to say this and and I want to say it mercifully and in great love to you but it needs to be said don't be a carnal Christian Don't be that Christian that likes to keep one foot in heaven and one foot in hell. Do you know that Scripture teaches, and we're going to look there in a minute, that God says it makes him sick. I'd rather have you cold. We have too many cardinal Christians today in our culture. We really do. And you know why? It's because... We take our faith so casually. We just, it's, just another, it's just another box we check off. Well, I'm going to church today. I can check that box off. Then I can go live and do what I want to do. That's not what the Bible commands us to do. The Bible says that we to, are to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know why that our churches today are not full? Do you know why? It's because of me and it's because of you. And I say that to to our dismay. Yeah. Because we don't act like Christians all the time, do we? No, we don't. I'm not singling anybody out. I'm just telling you the reality. When the Israelites were being brought into the promised land, God said, you're a holy nation, a kingdom of priests. And if you will follow my will, if you'll follow my law, then you will be a nation who reaches out to all the other nations because you'll be my people. You know, you in order for us to wear the title of Christian, which means little Christ, then we're to be the same as our Lord yesterday, today, and forever. Let me ask you this how are you known how are you known outside these walls how do people know you if you were brought and this is an old old saying but you've heard it before but i'm gonna say it again if you were brought before a court of law and the charge was that you were a christian would there be enough evidence to convict you We, we are called to a higher standard of living. We are called to a higher standard of love. We are called to a higher standard of mercy. We are to be the real deal. Are you the real deal? Am I the real deal? Am I pure in heart? In Revelation 3, verses 15 and 16, I'm to read that real quick. I, I kind of made a, an allusion to it a while ago revelation 3 verses 15 and 16 i know your deeds this is of course the church of laodicea i know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot i would that you were cold or hot so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold i will spit you out of my mouth your version may say vomit which is gross but that's how sick we make god when we call ourselves A believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and his child and then we act like the very pits of hell in our life outside God says man I hate that but I would rather you just not even know me than to be lukewarm and be miss prim and proper and mr. righteous on Sunday and then Monday through Saturday go out there and live like hell itself That's the reality of who we are as believers. So, you and I, one of the attributes, one of the characteristics of us as believers is we are to be pure in heart. That takes courage, doesn't it? But that's what's demanded of us. Okay, what's the seventh thing? Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. I love this one blessed are the peacemakers Romans 5 1 says this therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ so we're to be a peacemaker not a troublemaker amen that's pretty easy one too isn't it we're to be a peacemaker we're to be the one that brings calm into somebody's storm when you walk into a hospital room, do you know that you are a, a God's representative? And so as you walk into that hospital room or into that, that bereaved person who just lost a loved one or that person that's just been diagnosed with something or with that person that, that, that's just really having a bad, bad day, when you walk in there, you bring in the peace of the living God. In John 14:27 Jesus said, "Peace, I leave you, My peace I give you, not as the world gives, do I get for you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful." God says, "My spirit, if it resides in you, then you are a man or a woman of peace, therefore you are a peacemaker." Do you ever think about yourself as that? You are. That's what Scripture says. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's who I am. I am a man of peace. I am not a man of trouble. I am not a man of war. I'm a man of peace. Can I war? Yes. Will I war if you mess with my family? Yes. But I'm a peacemaker. I'm one of those people, and you're one of those people. That when we walk into whatever terrible situation we walk into, we are God's rep and we bring peace. And that doesn't mean that you always have something to say. Just your presence. I learned the hard way that you don't have to say everything to somebody that's going through something sometimes all you got to do is walk in the room and sit down beside them put your arm around them don't say a word because i can tell you from from practical experience when we lost our daughter we had some of the most well-meaning believers christians people that i love said some of the most wonderful things to us that you could possibly imagine didn't mean spit now that's being real with you i'm sorry that we felt that way We just lost our daughter. Do you think there's anything that you can say to me? And Mary, I know you lost a son. Do you think that there's anything that you could possibly say to me that's gonna help me during this time in my life? There is absolutely nothing. But your presence means the world. It means the world. We need to learn that as believers. Because you know what? You're not gonna always have the answers but just your presence. That's who we are. We walk into an impossible situation. And the peace that Jesus told us that we had in John 14, 27, peace I live you, my peace I give you, that follows in with you into that room. Be a peacemaker. Don't try to wash over things by saying something really clever or something really deep or powerful. No, you don't need that. You just need to be there and be that peacemaker in the lord jesus christ okay now the uh, characteristics eight and nine are, are they really come together and they're wrapped up in verses 10 and 11 so let me read this blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven then in verse 11 he says blessed are you when men cast insults at you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me so what is this attribute? Withstand when you have been persecuted and withstand when you are being insulted and, pers- and persecuted. You see, there's a difference. You know, there's a Maybe we've been persecuted and we continue on, but you may be going through persecution right now. And can I say this about persecution? <laughs> we as believers in the United States of America don't have a clue what true persecu- persecution is. You know? You go talk to somebody, you ask somebody if you can pray with them, and they say no, and, oh, I feel so persecuted. We've got, we've got Christians around the world that are giving their lives. So our persecution here is nothing like they're experiencing in other parts of the world. But can I tell you this? Better hold on to something, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The time may be coming when we face true persecution. Right now, we just got a bunch of people hollering. You know, we got schools that's not letting pray and this and that and something else. That's not real persecution. That's kind of an, an aggravation. It's not real persecution. What are you going to do? How are you going to be able to stand if true persecution comes? Jesus said that we're blessed if we stand either when we've been persecuted or if now we're being persecuted or even, and that he uses the word insulted. You know, insulted is a different word than persecution. You know, there are people that that challenge us with our faith and challenge us with different things. They may insult us. Oh, you're just one of those stupid Christians. You blah blah. That's that's just an insult. How are you going to withstand? You are going to go toe to toe? It's hard to love somebody when they tell you what a jerk you are, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a lovable guy. I want to be told how much I'm loved. I don't want to be told how short I am or... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just messing with you. I don't get this opportunity very often, so... No, we we are to get past our... Can I say Let me just say it this way. We're to get past ourselves. Jesus was broken so that you and I might have life and life abundantly. Scripture says not only... We, we look at the cross, go before the cross and look at what happened to him even before his scourging. Scripture says they were casting insults at him, they were spitting on him, they were striking him. That wouldn't go too well in my book. I've never been spit on, but I can tell you if right now somebody came up and spit in my face or spit on me, I'd have a hard time not doing something. But we are to be the righteousness of God. And that means in the hard times. And verse 12, I'm going to slip into a little bit to next week's reading. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, verses, uh, uh, yeah, verse 12 says, Rejoice, rejoice, and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then scripture goes on to say that we are the salt, that, we, pardon me, that we are the light, that our light is supposed to shine on men in such a way that what? That they glorify our Father in heaven that's the reason that you and I were created did you know that if you go back and you look at verse 16 you'll find the reason that you were created it's to glorify the father so all of my actions everything I do everything that I've known by is to do what glorify the father that's what the beatitudes are all about ladies and gentlemen That's what Scripture, that's what Jesus was teaching His disciples and all the mass of people that were on the mountain with Him. Jesus was saying, this is who you are supposed to be. This is the inward person of the believer in Jesus Christ. This is their actions. What are their actions? Don't be prideful grow and, and go through your pain, be gentle, hunger and thirst for righteousness, be merciful, be pure in heart, be a peacemaker, withstand when you've been persecuted, withstand when you're, when you're being insulted and persecuted. That's who you are, that's who I've called you to be. And so today on this Mother's Day, on this joyous day that we celebrate our, our wonderful wives and mothers, on this day, look at your own heart and say, Am I fulfilling these innermost qualifications that God has put on me? Am I that person? Am I that man? Am I that woman in Christ? Am I a representative of my Savior? I'm, I'm saying I'm his child. But what does my life reflect? Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If your words and your actions don't line up, you need to be on your face and on your knees before God. It's for a word of prayer, and then Pastor Jeff, if you'll just end us. Our God and our Father, what a great day in the Lord. Father, I'm so thankful for all who have shown up here, who have have just praised you. I heard the praise going out and going up to you, Father. And I thank you for that. Father, let your words from your word break into our hearts like an army storming a fort. If there be any sin in us, if there be any weaknesses in us, If we don't measure up to these characteristics that Jesus talked about in Matthew 5, verses 3 through 12. Father, if if our lives don't match up, up, Father, show us what we need to do. Let us be people of mercy. Let us be people of grace. Let us be, be, be people of love. Let us, Father... Be the real deal. Why? So that we can glorify you. Not only with our words. But with our actions. Bless us Father. Bless each person as they go out of this sanctuary today. Be with them. And again Father. We are so thankful. For our blessed and wonderful wives and mothers. And we honor them this day. In Jesus' precious name, Amen. Best, year.